long story short he has within the last couple of years said i don't think people under 25 under 30 should be consuming it so you got a, a huge Why? advocate for Why? it. What would you say for someone that is not inhaling it, but is using it strictly for, for pain relief on a medicinal level? What I'm fascinated with is that it's finally coming out. Mm -hmm. And now the question is, what is it? Whistleblowers mm -hmm. usually would yeah. just be quiet yeah. and yeah. like disappear. These uh -huh. guys are doing public interviews public. saying very, very that public. they have aircrafts and they have these bodies. Over a dozen. Over say. a dozen, yeah. which is crazy. Bruce Lawn. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We have a special guest today, someone that I've actually been familiar of and kept up with his journey for the better part of 20 years, believe it or not. I would say this gentleman is one of the OGs in the Christian music space that's outside of the CCM bubble machine, the contemporary music machine, known internationally, played in front of hundreds of thousands, upwards of millions of people. One of the dopest Christian reggae bands that I've ever heard of. Without any further ado, we have Mark Moore from Christ of It is awesome to be here. Been watching you for some time, and uh, to be here in the studio is is surreal. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for being here. So, uh, I discovered you about twenty years ago, mm -hmm. and you were friends with our worship pastor at the time. Yeah, Pastor Joby McGinty. I think I gave him his dreads. Yeah, and you were. I gave a lot of people dreads. You back gave a lot of people dreads. You were locking a lot of people up. <laughs> and and uh, oddly enough, we were doing some reggae stuff mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Sunday morning sometimes. Yeah. And they're like, "Have you ever heard of Christ Far?" And I was like, "No." And then like I checked out your stuff. I was like, "Oh wow, this is a vibe." <laughs> and ever since then, I mean, you guys have only expanded, gotten bigger. Uh, played bigger stages. I just saw footage of over is it over a hundred thousand people in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. We it's some sometimes one hundred fifty or more. It's Brazil's our biggest audience. That's but nuts. All over the world, we've had the privilege of uh, visiting eighty eight nations so far. And eighty eight uh, nations. We're just getting started. My goodness. <laughs> and when did Christopher I officially start as a band? Nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine, eighties, baby. Holy moly! I thought you were gonna say the nineties. <laughs> no, no, no. Eighty nine. I started when I was seventeen years old. Okay. And uh, it was just uh, having a quiet time with God, and He gave me a song. This was two weeks after giving my life to Christ. I went from being a, a dope dealer to a hope dealer. Hello. And it was just one of those instant trans transitions. And uh, then my pastor's like, "I really like this stuff. You know, you yeah. should you should go to Bible college and get biblically sound." There you go. So I did, and that's where I found a lot of other band members, and then we started just... My first goal was uh, Sunsplash Tour, and we uh -huh. did that, and that was from then on. I've just been, Jesus, whatever you want. Wow. Okay, and so 89, mm -hmm. and then when would you say you guys kind of had your first, like, pop break? You first know? major one was when we signed to Goatee, Toby Max label. Okay. Moved to Nash, Vegas. Uh, did I did a stint in there? Did, did six years there and then repented and came back to California. We were the only <laughs> reggae band in the entire state, but it it was about around that time when we uh, we got produced by the guy who did like DC Talks Jesus Freak album and all these. Mm -hmm. He even did Yo Carmen, which was you know mm -hmm. that was that was hip. I'm mm -hmm. kidding, but it, it was. Um, and then the next album we produced ourselves, and then just started growing. And then there was a big band split, and uh, the guys wanted to go secular, and I was like. Uh, we're going to be pr continuing to preach gospel the way yeah. that I did when I started. And, yeah. you know, if you want to join me, stick yeah. with me. And yeah. they said no. Wow. And uh, so they they stuck with Goatee. And then I, I was, like, without a label, and I pitched 
my album to every single label, and then they all said the same thing. Hey, do the switchfoot thing, you know? Uh-huh. Kind of move over and, uh-huh. and stop talking about Jesus. Just say him, you, the love. The Christian labels? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Him, you, love, you know, he... Things like really? that, but don't don't say Jesus and Lord and Savior. Is there because there's a proof of concept with Switchfoot crossing over and POD yeah. crossing over? Exactly. So they were like, exactly. we can start something in the Christian space Eggs and, move and then it bring over. it over to yeah. the mainstream. And I think space. a lot of that has to do with a lot of the guys that were running those just used to run country, mm-hmm. and so they were used to the country crossover, mm. the Shania going pop or the this or that. So they're like, hey, yeah, let's you know just you can you can say it from stage, but yeah. you know let's let's you know. Yeah, kind of. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it just wasn't my vibe. Interesting. <laughs> and it wasn't what I was called to do. Sure. We had a mission statement. I always tell bands or artists, write out a mission statement initially. Say who you are and who you aren't, what you will do, what you won't do, and stick to it. And um, so. So you decided to, to, to not go into the Christian industrial complex with regards to. <laughs> like how you say that, uh, yeah. With regards to this entire be Christian, but not overtly Christian, because we can sell well, it to a broader. I'm not ashamed later. of the gospel. Amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's just it's just a biblical concept. Yeah. And the Great Commission, the last message that Jesus gave mm-hmm. from Mount Arbel, I was just there in in Israel. It was you know to go. Yeah. And and preach yep. and clearly do it. You yep. know, he didn't just say use your actions. Sure. You know. Sure. It, Wow. Okay. So the, the so there were so this caused a riff amongst mm-hmm. the band members. I lost were you guys, the entire band. Were you guys Christafari? We were Christ of I started Christafari by myself and then mm-hmm. people started coming on and joining. And at first it was just friends learning mm-hmm. how to play instruments and that was that didn't that was, you know, sure. rough. But then when they eventually said, Hey, I'm not really called to do this long term, mm-hmm. we brought on guys from the clubs. Okay. And so they grew up in San Diego or Orange County playing reggae, mm-hmm. but for the world they had just come to Christ, but some of them hadn't really um, been discipled yet. Discipleship mm-hmm. was the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they were still kind of dragging along some of their skeletons in their closet. And uh, that created this riff where I felt like they were, they were, it was a double-minded band. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one thing being preached from stage mm-hmm. and another thing perhaps being lived behind closed doors or, or at a bar or something mm-hmm. later on. And, and um, it, you know, it's it's a it's a weird thing when mm-hmm. you have this balance of yeah. well, you know can a Christian smoke, you know I I, I don't mm-hmm. <laughs> and I won't but mm-hmm. if somebody in your band does what do you do mm-hmm. you know and same thing with beer can they drink a beer mm-hmm. you know I don't and I won't you may have the freedom to do that mm-hmm. but is it wise when you're a minister with mm-hmm. other people watching and so there was that kind of thing you know some yeah. people were like taking their liberties and going and I was like. Yeah, we're called when we go to Reggae on the River and everybody's trying to give you beer, you gotta be the band that says no. Mm. And no, thank you. I really appreciate your generosity. Mm-hmm. But so I was the guy baptizing people at Reggae on the River and and it created this kind of unique riff. Let's just make it about the music. And yeah. I was like, uh, I'm just doing this music because I can reach people for Jesus. Interesting. So for you, the music was always a means to disciple. Absolutely, it's not. A, I'm not true to reggae. Uh-huh. I'm true to Jesus and okay. reggae internationally. Uh-huh. Huge. Yep. Yep. Name the nation, and yep. if it's a suffering nation, suffering nation, third world. Uh, I know they don't like to be called that, but you know, a, a developed nation, sure. uh, any place where there's a coast, any place there's an island, reggae is king. Yeah. So from Vanuatu to Fiji to Florida to Southern California, yeah. you name it, even. Yeah. Slovakia and places like that. Yeah. We'll have some of our biggest crowds. Yeah. Brazil's huge. Now you got into wanting to do reggae 
because you went to uh, a vacation in Jamaica. Is that right? Kind of. I, I reggae. <laughs> I went with a family to Jamaica. Uh-huh. I was a stoner back then. I started smoking pot at ten. Not proud of mm-hmm. it. I tell people don't follow I did too, my by testimony. The way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, yeah. Ten, <laughs> somebody ten. I can relate with. I sold it a little bit. <laughs> me too. Me and too. Then <laughs> by the time I made it to Vista, which is where we are now, North County, mm-hmm. North yeah. County, County. North County, uh, I was like, man, it's a fresh start, and I'm, I'm yeah. done. I'm done Amen. with all of it. Amen. Uh, and uh, which was a pretty big amount of self awareness in eighth grade. Right. You know what I mean? But right? I was by the time I got to 13, 14, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I got a, I got a clean shit. Just before Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then I probably came to faith like maybe two years after that. So Amen. me and you got that in common. We were yeah, s- yeah. smoking and slanging. <laughs> I know. On. My daughter's 11, and I'm like, praise God, she right? made it. My son past- is eight now. Yeah. <laughs> past yeah. the age when I started yeah. smoking. Praise God that she didn't follow in my testimony. And everywhere we go, we smell it around here. Mm-hmm. My gosh, it's yeah. just ridiculous. We were just in Houston. Me and my son uh, were out there for a Father's Day thing, and we were in the pool. And every mm-hmm. time we went to the pool, yeah. we smelt it. And I'm everywhere. like, thankfully, he didn't ask me. Like, what is that fucking smell, Dad? <laughs> everywhere, all the time. Oh, man. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll come back to the to the, to the conversation because I, I, yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. talk about that. So, so Jamaica. Jamaica. Yeah, I go to Jamaica. I do all the wrong things. What year was it? Well, how old were I you? I was 15. 15. It was okay. there. So you had I, been smoking for five years. Uh, um, Yeah, yeah. It was there that I lost my virginity. It was In Jamaica? That, in Jamaica. Okay. It was there that all these things kind of culminated, uh-huh. and I wanted something to remind me of that moment, uh-huh. and so I brought back some seeds, Okay. and I brought back some Bob Marley, Okay. and I started growing the seeds, and the Bob Marley started growing, <laughs> playing it, and then I started making mixtapes of all my favorite songs, and and uh, and then I started dealing, and um, and then I started writing songs about Rastafari. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about it, but mm-hmm. I was calling myself a Rastafarian. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, thinking that I was worshiping Haile Selassie, mm-hmm. and... Uh, then my parents, as a last ditch effort, sent me to this Christian camp right before I was going to turn 18. Mm. They bribed me with a bodyboard and a trip to Hawaii if I would just go to this one last camp. And it was there that I had this encounter with God. It was there mm. that I met a guy who, who had the same past as me, same drugs, same arrests, mm-hmm. same everything, mm-hmm. but a different a light in his eyes and a different future. And I said, what's the difference between you and I? Mm. He said, it's the love of God. Mm. And that forever just started... The bricks started coming down, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I heard the next day, I heard a modern-day rendition of The Prodigal Son, and this guy had done all the things I had done. He had ran as far as I had ran. Mm-hmm. I ran away from home for a while. I was living on the streets. I was messed up kid, mm-hmm. and I was like, I want to come back. Mm-hmm. And then, having a quiet time, God put a new song in my heart, just mm-hmm. like Psalm 40. Wow. Man, that's interesting. So the music that was intentionally, you were immersed in Rastafarian yeah. culture. yeah. After this vacation to Jamaica, yeah, exactly. and you also said you had a Jamaican neighbor, right? Yeah, exactly. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next door neighbor, Jamaican, and so you know we were kind of steeped in the culture and uh-huh. the food and everything, and and it, it was those neighbors that yeah. introduced me to as well. And oxtail. Forget yeah. the, the oxtail, bro. That's all. <laughs> when it comes to Jamaican food, the oxtail and for jer- me curry jer- goat, jer- goat chicken. man. Curry goat. Okay. Plantain. I I could probably eat plantain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could probably eat oxtail just forever. Yeah, it's, it's good, really good. good. Stuff. Yeah, so so you are then um, immersed into into Rastafarianism, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a very fascinating 
view of Selassie being the second coming of Jesus, <laughs> even though Selassie was an Orthodox Christian. Yeah, he, he denied being Christ. <laughs> he denied he being was best Christ. friends with Billy Graham. He he said, "Let us labor to lead our sisters and brothers to our Savior Jesus Christ," and and he was flawed. Yeah, and definitely also, not God. It would be like like us worshiping. Uh, Reagan or Nixon, actually, some people do worship Reagan. So let's say Nixon or yeah. or some past president that has clearly passed away, mm-hmm. and some like him, but others did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Selassie also established the Orthodox Church in in Jamaica. In Jamaica, he sent Archbishop Yesak to go there to lead them to the truth because they were worshiping Haile Selassie, and, mm-hmm. and he's like set them straight. Basically, hmm. that's the same guy who led. Bob Marley to Christ seven months before Bob died. Yeah. And I, baptized I, him. I remember reading an article. I think it might have been something you wrote about, about 20 years mm-hmm. ago about yeah. that. Is it interesting to you that, that, that that's not more commonly known amongst the Rastafarian community? Because I've, I've heard other Jamaicans reference it. Yeah. That like they, there's yeah. a huge Ethiopian Orthodox presence. Huge. Which is one of the oldest Christian nations, yeah. right? Yeah. Ethiopia. It is. The, the, they claim it yeah. to be the first. Well, we, me, our Armenians <laughs> and the Ethiopians, we got a little bit of rip. They, but they, to be fair, they, they argue that Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We argue Bartholomew. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. So we are. Yeah. We argue with Bartholomew and and uh, Thaddeus Jude. Oh yeah. Went to Armenia. Mm-hmm. But to to be fair, Ethiopians took in a lot of Armenian refugees oh, yeah. during the 1915 oh. genocide. And there's still Armenian communities and pockets in Ethiopia till this day. The letters, if you look at the letters next to each other, they look almost really? identical. Yeah, no it's way. it's a very fascinating overlap. So they're like, and they're both a part of the Oriental Orthodox oh, arm yeah. of the church. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a lot of overlap. So coming back to the Bob Marley thing, why do you think more people don't know about Bob Marley accepting Jesus seven years, I, uh, seven I think, months before he passed? I think there's a few reasons. Number one, it doesn't fit with the family's brand, and it doesn't sell his mm. catalog. He never recorded anything new. Mm-hmm. He was sick. He was dying of cancer. He went to this, you know, faraway place. I think it was in Germany or Austria, trying this holistic thing. It didn't work. And they basically gave up. And mm-hmm. at that point, about seven months before he died, he then spoke with Bar- Archbishop Yesak and supposedly cried for like two hours, weeping, mm-hmm. weeping in tears of repentance. Mm-hmm. But he never used his voice from that moment on mm. to set things straight. Mm. He was buried and, and the whole funeral happened through the, through the Ethiopian Orthodox church. So, you know, there is that side of it and there is Archbishop Yesak going and telling others. And, yeah. and I, and I was there for interviews where he did that. Yeah. But that being said, it, so a lot of people see it as a deathbed conversion, mm. which I think is valid, mm-hmm. but they say, Oh yeah, well look at his catalog and and he's singing about all these other things. But he also said, I'll never forget no way how they crucified Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He also said, don't you know that the wages of sin is death, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Be- th- yeah, that definitely changes the the narrative if the guy of Rastafarianism actually repented and became a Christian. <laughs> yeah, and the guy who he was worshiping yeah. was always a Christian. Was always a Christian. You know, from from a youth, he was a Christian. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it all started when... Bob, after doing Zimbabwe tour, which was just this insane freedom rally, uh, independence, he then went and flew to Ethiopia, and he was like, well, how come nobody, nobody's mm-hmm. worshiping my God? Mm-hmm. And they're like, because uh, he was a king that is now dead, yeah. and he's buried over here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so he then wrote Jalive, mm-hmm. and, he, and he's talking about how can you say that God is dead, yeah. but I think it, it, it kind of 
poked something in yeah. him, and yeah. eventually it started to come out. The baptism is verified, though, right? Baptism like that's, is verified, that's yeah. Barely verified, Orthodox. and obviously the Orthodox funeral is verified. Yeah, and you cannot have an Orthodox funeral without having the baptism and being converted. Others would argue that he just did that so that he could be buried. Yeah. But, and and but I don't know. But it doesn't really matter it, what Bob Marley believed. It matters what you believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I mean, sure. it doesn't matter which country was first. Right, right, it matters, right. are you putting Jesus first? Amen. That's really what, what it comes down to. Amen. That's good. Now, I grew up as a as a white guy in hip hop, right? White Doing, guy in reggae. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, we had no problems, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, doing a, a, a black art form like like rap, mm -hmm. you could definitely run into interesting uh, conversations about this stuff, conversations about appropriation, yeah. that sort of thing. And for me, it was always like, man, I this is. Well, all I know, like this is who I grew up in. I grew up in San yeah. Diego. I grew up in uh, a predominantly black neighborhood. Yeah. I went to see Snoop and Dre for the Chronic Tour, mm -hmm. 1990. For me, it was Public Enemy three. number one. <laughs> yeah, 1993. I was probably one of the only white kids in the audience at the time, like front yeah. row. And so yeah. for me, it was always this is just who I am. This yeah. is a part of my yeah. journey. Um, and your, with your case of, of reggae, have you gotten similar pushback? You know, like, hey, this is appropriation. This is black music. You're a white guy doing black music. That whole thing. Because I definitely yeah. will say that for me, I am sober that, like, you know, I'm an Armenian white dude in mm -hmm. hip hop. Yeah. I'm welcomed. Yeah. I'm a guest. Yeah. And I'm welcome. But, like, I have to be sober. Like, this yeah. isn't my culture, even though the culture welcomes people yeah. like me. You know? Well, Thankfully, I wasn't the first white guy doing it. So there was a guy named Willie One Blood uh -huh. doing it at Reggae Sunsplash back in the day. But I remember going and doing mission trips up in Mandeville, Jamaica, middle of nowhere. Seriously, probably the only white guy within, I don't know, 50 miles. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then going to a dance hall saying, give me the mic. Mm -hmm. They're like, this white boy on mm -hmm. shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then they, and then I'd grab the mic and, I, and I'd start. And then they'd just, blah, 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 yeah. wheel and come again. And then before long, it was just like, okay. It it may be a novelty, but it, it worked, mm -hmm. and I was able to to fit. And in the same way, I would go to Jamaica, and I would see that one guy there, and he would rap. Mm -hmm. And when he rapped, he sounded like he was from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. lost his accent mm. because that's what you do in rap. You rap in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And when you do Jamaican reggae, you know, and, you, and you're DJing, mm -hmm. you sound a little more like Sean Paul and a mm -hmm. lot less like mm -hmm. Sean John. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so there's that side of it. Yeah. And, but the other thing that I noticed in all of it is that some of, some of the biggest bands at the time when we were popping up, mm -hmm. UB40. Mm. I mean, they had just come out with that cover of, I can't help falling in love with mm -hmm. you. Uh, Big Mountain had just done, had their mega hit. In fact, we were touring they did uh, Touch My Light and then the, the Ooh Baby, I Love Your Way, which mm -hmm. is still popping now. And we toured with them on Reggae Sunsplash, so we weren't the only white band. Mm. But there were times when they would throw corn husks at us or beer bottles at us mm. or, or things like that because they wanted to hear Capleton mm. or they wanted to hear Dennis Brown. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. Those mm -hmm. guys are the legends. And, mm -hmm. you know, Jamaicans would throw beer bottles at UB40 when they toured Jamaica. Mm. UB40's like, we're here to, to, to do Kingston Town in Kingston Town. And everybody's like, get out of here. I'm like, okay, <laughs> feeling the love. <laughs> That's amazing. So you were able to adapt, it seems like. And, yeah. And, 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 and there's a, there seems to be enough of a respect and a reverence for the art form 
that it wasn't just like we're gonna take this and go do it in the Christian world. You were immersed in in the the yeah. reggae world. Yeah, exactly. Our first tour was Sunsplash, fifty three cities uh, or fifty three days, forty six cities, and we did like Irvine Meadows mm-hmm. and Greek Theater and all the big ones. Mm-hmm. And then we did the presidential inaugural ball, ninety seven. Didn't vote for the guy, but we got called. So and, and Olympic games and things like that. So mm-hmm. it, it definitely was one of those things where. Um, we we rose pretty quickly to prominence, and people couldn't argue with that. But I still see whenever we get number one on Billboard, they say oh, a, a white band from America, which is funny because I you know I'm me and maybe one other guy are the only white guys in the entire <laughs> band. We got like ten people on stage. Yeah, we got Brazilian who's dark Brazilian. We got a Hawaiian. Yeah. We got, yeah. <laughs> my wife's Trinidadian. You know, yeah. my daughter's half half black. You know, we we've got a, we've got quite a few blacks in the band. Not that yeah. it's like let's count. Sure, sure, but sure. But it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I think people also miss that Southern California specifically. San Diego has a massive yeah. reggae scene. 91X, yes. Reggae Makosa. Yeah. yeah, she was she was one of the first ones to come out and support us, Makeda Dread. Yeah. And so that that really helped. But yeah, and if you look at the charts now, it's Hawaiian reggae, mm-hmm. it's Californian reggae, it's it's re- it's occasionally somebody like Coffee, mm-hmm. but the Jamaican reggae isn't really sounding like reggae now. Mm-hmm. It's more like Hip hop or tropical, mm-hmm. which it, it's cool. You know, the cool part is to see world music kind of explode more into the mainstream. It is. It is. So there's interesting overlaps between like w- reggae evolving, but then also you're hearing Afrobeat and a lot of that. So- uh, soca, which became reggaeton, which yeah. is now yeah. My my wife's dad invented that beat. And it was, and he started soca music in Trinidad and Tobago, and now just to see it like everywhere we went, Israel, all these yeah. different places, just yeah. that—that's the beat you hear. It's so dope. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to see artists from Nigeria and and, and all over the world, everywhere. and it all has a, a similar. I don't say bounce because obviously Afrobeat and reggae yeah. are different, but it it has a oh, similar, it's, nice. it's a similar vibe Definitely. to it, and so it's cool to see it like expand out. And go beyond just kind of like what we know in pop music, which even even modern day pop music still has its roots in gospel music. Well, and if you listen to like some of Justin Bieber's biggest hits in the last few years, it's mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's tropical. It's it goes it goes back to reggaeton, which right. goes back to dancehall, which goes back to soca. Right. It's it's all kind of bleeding together. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I, I yeah. love that. It's a cool time. Uh, have you ever done stuff in San Diego with some of the reggae bands out here? I remember a, a couple of buddies of mine played with a. a Big, relatively big artist, Elijah. Oh gosh, I'm I'm forgetting his name. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Soul Train was was my bass player, and he also played bass for this artist out here. And we would go and see him at the Belly Up all the time. Yeah, I, I the know Belly who you're Up venue, about. and they were they were amazing. They were it's, amazing. San Diego's always had like this booming reggae scene. Have you guys done a lot of stuff out here? Not a lot. No, no. A few things here and there. We did stuff at the World Beat Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, mostly mostly churches. Okay. And, um, you know, to be honest, the world isn't fooled by us. Mm-hmm. You can't say our name without putting Christ first. Mm-hmm. And they're not like uh, the first few years or the first year when we played Reggae on the River, they're like, okay, cool. These guys are Rastas and they're, and they're white. And this guy's named Chris Tafari. But now, <laughs> now they know. Yeah. <laughs> they now, know. Now, when I start baptizing people, <laughs> everybody in the river's naked and smoking spliffs. And yeah. I'm, I'm baptizing people like, what the heck is going on? Was it, was it, when did it go from, hey, you're invited to do these, 
you know, regular reggae yeah. events, secular events. So like, uh, we don't know if we want to have you guys out. Like Buju one, Bantan. Okay, what happened? He tried to stab me with a knife three times. Why? Because of my stance that Jesus is Lord and that Haile Selassie was not. So we were on tour together, and he was the headliner, and it, it was big tour. And I had this booklet called Rastafari in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And essentially, it was just small, you know, like mm -hmm. 50 pages. And I, I wasn't selling them, but at our merch table, when somebody came up and asked, we would say, hey, take this for free. Mm -hmm. And so supposedly, one of the merch boxes fell open, supposedly, mm -hmm. and and the book fell out, mm -hmm. and one of the guys got it, and they started handing it around. And every person on the entire 50-cast tour, mm -hmm. all the top reggae artists, mm -hmm. read it, marked it up. Buju got a hold of it, takes it back to his uh, whoever the head of his Rastafari commune mm -hmm. is, and uh, the guy says, this is it. This is the prophecy being fulfilled. The wolf in sheep's clothing, mm. the Antichrist has arrived. Whoa, you're the Antichrist. <laughs> I was Whoa! the Antichrist. I was Whoa. like, oh, snap. And so then he gets back from this trip to Jamaica while he's dealing with some visa thing. Uh -huh. And he... Uh, on tour. You guys are all on tour was, together? We were on tour together. And then he starts challenging me and yeah. and basically threatening me and then we get in the same elevator together and he's like chanting me down is like ja rastafari shall strike thy with brimstone and fire and lightning ja. and then all his band members are in the in the elevator they're saying rastafari i'm like oh snap what's you going on or you me and, and like one other band member and i'm like please don't be on the same floor sure enough he's on the same floor oh, right across the room so we have this band meeting and i say guys he's threatening me i've been to jamaica 14 times i know when they're yeah. when they're Fasty and the, and somebody's gonna pick up a machete or something. I, yeah. You know, I've seen it enough times, yeah. and they're like, "Oh no, it's okay." Called the road pastor. He's like, "Oh, it's okay. It's all about unity." I'm like, "Okay, you two guys, could you at least meet me in the morning yeah. and walk with me down to the lobby?" And he said, "Sure." And sure enough, the guy's like, "Buju's been down in the lobby for four hours waiting." And I'm like, "Okay." So I go down to the lobby. Two band members are on my right, yeah. walking through. The second he sees me, he stands up. Tan Sobak, which was my nickname, Tan Sobak. Ya soldier for ja, ya fi can't defend it. Ya soldier for God, you have to be able to defend it. And then he punched me in the throat. I was just like stunned. Oh. And I was just like frozen. And then he reaches into his belt and pulls out this knife and lunges forward at my stomach. And thankfully I was skinnier then. <laughs> but I just, my my back just kind of did this whoo curl thing and like that. And I was you, just you like did frozen. The, you, you did the Matrix thing? I did the you... Matrix. I don't know what happened. <laughs> and, and then my two band members tackled him and his three band members, members tackled him. That was like all six, in a hotel six people in the lobby Which of the hotel. city was this in? Oh, gosh. It was Cincinnati, Ohio. No, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. It, it was 4th of July, Cleveland, Ohio. What year is this? 95. Wow. And so now like six people are on top of him uh -huh. and I'm just like paralyzed. And then he breaks free from those guys oh, and then lunges again. And again, an angel just pulls my, my belt wow. or something. And this happened three times. And then, then I was just like, what am I doing standing in shock? Yeah. And I heard Paul ran. That's uh -huh. all I heard God say, Paul ran. <laughs> so I started running. And now there's this big elevator shaft, and I'm running around in a circle, and he's chasing me like some sort of cartoon. Holy <laughs> moly. And I'm running by the lobby, the, the front office, and I'm like, call the police. And then I ran out. Finally, I get outside. I get on the tour bus. I lock the tour bus. He can't get into the tour bus. The police come, and then they're like, okay, do you want to press charges? Yeah. If you do, he'll be deported. He'll yeah. never be able to tour here again. Yeah. And then I sought the counsel of 
of many, and they said, let's forgive him. Mm. Let's give him grace because we can't expect him to receive God's grace and forgiveness if we don't first give it to him mm. as an example. Wow. And so he stayed on. By the end of the tour, he gave me a fist bump and said, respect. Really? And um, that was it. And you, then, oh, you, <laughs> you didn't get him arrested. I didn't get him arrested. You continue the tour with him? How yeah. many dates were left on the tour? Probably about 30. 30 more yeah. dates? Yeah. The band wanted to leave. The band said, let's go. I'm like, no, dude, persecution is a promise. Yeah. This is a guarantee wow. for believers. I mean, did you not read the book of Acts? <laughs> and so it, it, we stayed on, and that's when we got the beer bottles or you yeah. know, or things like that. But it, you know what? We preached the gospel every night. They yeah. said, you can't preach. Yeah. You can only play. I yeah. said, okay, guys, keep playing. And then I preached wow. <laughs> while they were playing. But I, every night we had a mission in a 25-minute set. And that was the Great Commission. Wow. What a trip. And so after that point, that's when they realized, like, oh, no, these dudes are Christian. We were marked for death. They have different views. Yeah. Now tell me this. If you had to steel man their position on why they did decide to worship Selassie or how, however, you know, how would they phrase that? We, we view Selassie as Savior or whatever. Yeah. How would you steel man it from their perspective in terms of what they think well, about I, their I views would say and why things. you're wrong? I would say a few things. I would say that, first of all, I think what they're hungry for is a legitimate thing mm -hmm. for a God that isn't a, a slave master. Mm -hmm. I mean, people were enslaved in the name of Jesus in Jamaica. Mm. And, you know, they, you know, Columbus didn't help. He did a lot of things, atro atrocities there, killing off the mm. indigenous there with, with a flu as well, mm -hmm. or the cold or whatever it was. So, you know, they, they literally would have ships named Jesus mm. that were a slave ship. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they're dealing with. And they were told by the masters that this Bible isn't for you. Mm. And this Bible gives us the power to lord over you. Mm. And it's just so when they see this king that is black and is literally misnomered as king of kings and lord of lords mm -hmm. when he wasn't, but you know, anyways... He is the conquering line of the tribe of Judah. Mm. They see this as revelation being fulfilled. Mm. And they're like, finally, look to Ethiopia. Our Savior is here. Mm -hmm. But he then says, our Savior is Jesus. Look mm. to him. They didn't quite get that memo. Mm. They saw that as divine humility. So in, in, in my side of things, I don't disrespect that. I just want to say, look in the Bible. You'll, you won't find many whites. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, will not good. find the, you know, a few Scythians mm. here and there, but there, there is, it is not a white book mm -hmm. and whatever. If Jesus came to China, he wouldn't come as a black man. Mm -hmm. He comes as a Chinaman. Mm -hmm. It's just how it is. So, but what it really comes down to is what Steel Pulse said. What keeps us together is the herbs that we smoke. Mm. If this was not a religion, that was kind of choose your own religion day because mm. I've never met two Rastafarians that that actually believe the same thing. Mm -hmm. Some believe he is Jesus. Some believe he's Christ and Christ in the kingly character. Some believe he's the first, second coming, first coming, mm -hmm. first and a half, whatever. Some believe he's God on the throne. Some believe he is dead. Some believe he isn't. Mm. But what they all pretty much agree on is, mm. and is the you know, if you can choose a religion, and that's why I got into it. Mm -hmm. Oh, the Christianity of my parents and the of my choice. Mm. And obviously it's a lie. Do you think the distorts yeah. some of the reality of, of just the basic bare bones of one? Selassie repeatedly said he wasn't the Christ, planted churches to point them to the Christ. 
It's and not this, based on this, logic. It's right. based on a revelation, a divine revelation that could be different for you than it is for me. Mm. And so if you can't point to a book and say, you know, you have a Bible right there. I could just say, look at this verse in chapter. No. And I would say that until I was blue in the face. And they say, but God revealed it to me mm. through a herb. But at the same time, when I was smoking that herb, God revealed to me that a peanut butter bologna and Oreo sandwich would be the best tasting thing in the world. And it was. <laughs> right? Yeah, the munchies. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's there. there is some some distorted reality there that, and, and even hallucinations mm. that take place. And, and so I think that it's something to keep in mind. Yeah. We're called to be sober-minded. How about being a artist in reggae music and not consuming cannabis, yeah. right? Where there where's there ever a time where you did slip up with cannabis no. post salvation? Absolutely not. No. Okay. Thank the Lord. What about maybe bands, bandmates in your group that maybe have ever dealt with it or struggled with it? Yeah, there have been times and in the past and when that struggle came about, we would clearly go through Matthew 18. Mm -hmm. The first thing is the private Yes. You know, you you go sure. to the person. You're saying this is this is something we found out about. Yep. Do you have anything you want to confess? Second thing is, and we've gone as far as having to send somebody to rehab. Mm. We are all about being above reproach. We firmly believe in the Billy Graham model of of complete complete. Everybody has to be accountable to somebody. That's good, including me. Under pastors, under mission organization, mm -hmm. under all these different things, we have a wisdom council mm -hmm. that we have. So whenever there's anything about anybody, and as you can imagine, thirty-four years, probably a hundred band members, mm -hmm. there I've I've run the gamut. No matter how much you interrogate somebody on the way in, you get them to write down that they'll promise to do certain things. Mm -hmm. Sin is sin, is fle and flesh is flesh. Mm. Same thing with any church. Mm -hmm. you get, if you really knew what was what people were leaving church over or being kicked out of, you'd be mm -hmm. like, "Dang!" Mm -hmm. But that needs to be done in a biblical manner. And the final step is the very public one. Mm. And thankfully, the goal is you don't want to get there. Hey, if you want to see the extended version of this podcast completely unedited, consider partnering with us in our online community for as little as $5 a month. In exchange, you get access to these podcasts as we stream them live before anyone else gets to see them. You get access to the replay of our daily after-party streams, access to our private Discord server, access to discount codes, and so much more. So help us continue conceptualizing the gospel through media, podcasting, and YouTube, and partner with us for as little as $5 a month. Also, be sure to follow us on the Spotify podcast app, on Facebook, and on Instagram. We're constantly posting content there that I think you'll find extremely valuable. All right? I'll see you over there. Peace. What do you make of folks and a lot more Christians now consuming and how it's becoming more and more normalized? People are saying that you know it's helping them with their anxiety yeah. and the, the, the entire potential shift that's happened with regards Huge to shift to weed because you know when I, when we were growing up i'm younger than you but it was folks who smoked were not in i would say mainstream it wasn't mainstream circles christian circles you couldn't buy it i saw five billboards on the way here yeah about it right i yeah i would have loved that as a teenager <laughs> <laughs> i would have killed for that as a teenager and the 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 kind of
that they're smoking these days mm -hmm. is curated. It is mm -hmm. high grade. It is sickness. Yeah. It is, this is, <laughs> this is a sickness. I, is, I had to drop for you. It is insane, man. Yeah. And I wouldn't know that, yep. but I've been told that it's sometimes 10 or even 100 times stronger. And so here's my first question. People come up to me all the time. They say, hey, you know, I, I smoke I'm 15 years old. You know, I'm not sure. Is this something that I should do? Mm. First thing I say, well, are you a believer in Christ? You believe in Jesus? Yes. Okay. Well, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you with conviction right now. Mm. Second of all, how old are you? You're 15. Okay. You're under your parents. Mm. Go to your parents and say, is it okay if I smoke? Should yeah. this, is this is this advisable? Would you think this would be the best thing? Mm -hmm. Well, no. Okay. Then go to your pastor. Mm. Bible says obey parents, right? Mm. It doesn't say that stops at 18. Mm -hmm. um, go to your pastor. Mm -hmm. Ask him, should I? I've never met a pastor. Mm. And we just did 277 churches in America mm -hmm. on our 50-state tour. Never met one that says, yeah, you should do it's that. Take idea. that bong hit. Yeah. Go to your pastor. Bible says in Hebrews we're supposed to submit to that authority. Yeah. And, and, and it makes their life a lot easier when we do. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. makes our life easier, too. Yeah. Go to your practitioner. Go to the person who pulled you out of your mother, not some quack in mm -hmm. Venice Beach. Mm -hmm who wants to write a script prescription for anybody for mm -hmm. a few bucks, go to that person and say, Hey, would this, would you advise this, you know, for my health, mm -hmm. any sort of smoke inhalation is, is not good period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just not healthy. You never see somebody being rescued from a fire and, and the ambulance drivers like patting them on the back. Did you get a good hit? Mm. Oh, nice bloodshot eyes. That's <laughs> awesome. No, they treat them for that. Yeah. It's not good. And, and, and then they, they add it to other things like, you know, jelly beans or coffee beans or, mm -hmm. you know, gummy bears or things like that. And, and it seems safe, but mm -hmm. it's, it's potent. It's yeah. a drug. Yeah. It is a psychedelic. Yep. And so the Bible says we're supposed to be sober in order to avoid attacks from Satan. That's good. And, and that would imply that we're opening ourselves up to attacks. Mm. The Bible says to not be drunk with wine. Now I can have a glass of wine and not be drunk. Mm -hmm. I could have a glass of beer and not be drunk. I won't be having that, mm -hmm. but I could. But I cannot have a spliff and not be high. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. Now they they belittle it by saying, well, you won't be belligerent when you do it. Yep. yep. <laughs> but does that just because you're tamer doesn't right. mean you're not high. Right. right. And so I say there's no high like the most high. And I also believe that the word pharmakia in the Bible in Revelation speaks to a, a, a mind-altering substance, and what did they have back then? Mm. They had That's crazy. They had. You know, the funny thing is, even if you, if I don't know if you've ever kept up with Rogan's position, Joe Rogan's position, okay. no, on which is fast fascinating because he's okay. a high consumer of cannabis, okay. smokes okay. a lot of. Uh, they do some. I think they do sober, sober November or something like that. Okay. Uh, long story short. He has, within the last couple of years, said, I don't think people under 25, under 30 should be consuming it. Yeah. So you got a, a huge Why? advocate for Why? it. Why? Because your brain isn't fully, your developed, not fully developed. And it messes with it. Yeah. I have two family members that have seriously, it flipped a switch in them, mm -hmm. and yeah. they've had to be in, in mental hospitals because of it. Yeah, I remember a guy from high school who basically... Yeah, and and they found this out later on that it can trigger if you have schizophrenia in your genetics that it can trigger yeah. a schizophrenic episode. I've seen that happen many times. And so yeah, I've, I remember a guy in high school 
great guy, one of the popular kids, and then like a year or two after high school, this dude is full on. And if there's homeless. like, I've heard people say that there's a thirty percent chance if like three out of ten people that smoke it, they will chronically continue to. For me, I was addicted to it. I couldn't get up in the morning without taking a hit. I was coughing up all kinds of nasty stuff. I was sick as a dog until I got it. And it was the only way that I could normalize myself. And it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Tell me, what do you, what do you think about this? So this is, so I, I don't smoke. I don't plan on smoking. I, I don't drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. But when I had uh, my knee surgery, yeah. I had, I had, I've had three pretty major knee surgeries in the last Sorry 16 years. Uh, two of them, the first one was in, uh, the, 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 so one was in 2000 six ish one was in 2019 for my meniscus 2006 i blew out my whole knee 2019 my meniscus and i had to do some other stuff because something didn't heal right and then i just had one in october all three times the doctors try to prescribe me opioids okay and so i didn't want to do opioids so i would get these little cannabis gummies okay that would help with pain relief and it was a blend and I'm talking about five milligrams so you're talking okay. about like, you're talking about the lowest of the, the lowest, lowest grade yeah uh, and it would help with with pain relief. It would help with inflammation. The the, the what is it? The CBD. Yeah, CBD. CBD. And it, it was a combination CBD yeah. and THC. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you can get CBD at like Sprouts yeah. now, which is kind yeah. of insane. Yeah. <laughs> but the combination. And so, what would you say for someone that is not inhaling it, but is using it strictly for for pain relief on a medicinal level? Well, that's a great question, and and it, I think it's a completely different thing because. You, now you're talking about like if somebody is really really hurting. First question that I have is, have, what have you tried, mm-hmm. and and what are the side effects of those things? Yeah. And uh, and if you have if you tried everything, and the only thing that works is CBD oil, and you're not like completely plastered when you do it, yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with that. And if and if the argument is if I take this other thing, I will be high. Mm-hmm. That's a different thing. And yeah. if there is a a plan to intentionally in the future not be using it Mm -hmm. because you're just getting over this recovery like Mm -hmm. somebody said well what do i do this one friend is is dying of cancer and and chemo didn't work and they Mm -hmm. can't keep food in and the only thing that works is Mm -hmm. for that person i'm like i don't think that's a sin right that being said the person who hears that then turns that into oh it's not a sin for me and either and that's the the thing where where i would just say do you really, really need it? Yeah, yeah. I d- had opioids 2006, 2007, nar- narco, and I was like, man, this is this stuff's crazy. Yeah. And then 2019, just the cannabis edibles for the uh-huh. se- for the second surgery. And the third surgery, I was like, all right, uh, I feel weird about the cannabis edibles. Yeah. And then so went back, and I think they gave me, man, they gave me something that the, I was like, I see how people get addicted to pills. Right. I was like, this is this is this is this is crazy because you just. I, I, it wasn't Percocet. It would do whatever it was. It was it was some form of narco or something, yeah. and it just had me in a state of euphoria, mm. no problems with the world. And so then I was like, let me. I'm I can't. This is this is not. Yeah. This is this feels too good. And I went I went back to the cannabis edibles for the remainder of my rehab. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm 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 better off doing this than than the other stuff they were giving. Definitely, me. if it if it if it's the least yeah. evil. Yeah, and that's and and that's legitimately how it felt. Yeah, it felt. I, I now like if I have some knee pain, I'll just pop an Advil or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's my no, thing. Advil. What is Believe the, or not that, the one that that helps with the swelling. It's yeah. not Advil. It's um. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a. It's one that has because at one is just pain relief, and the other one helps with swelling, yeah. inflammation. 
And so, okay, cool. So that's interesting. So you're not necessarily opposed to it in a medicinal sense. Well, no, but I in, I, in a real medicinal sense. That's that's what yeah. I'm saying. Not like, oh, I have anxiety. <laughs> I need well, to exact, smoke. Well, I know so many people that have had ang- anxiety issues because because of, of it. Yeah, and so yeah. it I doesn't it doesn't help with anxiety necessarily. Yes. yes, I just feel like are what you're struggling with. Is there anything that you can take that won't get you high? Yeah, and can Jesus heal you from Come on. this without taking a drug? Come on. And without and are you really just trying to justify? Yeah, you know, smoking pot yeah. or you think there's more people just trying to justify? Oh, I know that there are. Yeah, all over. Yeah, they're they're doing it by how they feel, not by mm. anything else. Yeah, and it. I believe you're opening yourself up to to attacks from Satan. Like I said, and the word witchcraft is pharmakia, and that means using some sort of mind altering substance to commune with the spirit. I know this one guy who who was supposedly a Christian, and then he started, he's like, oh, God's really talking to me now, and yeah. the guy's in jail now. Mm. He's, in, he's in fed pen. Yeah. It's just bad, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, Man, that's a, yes. We're, we're in an interesting time. It's never it's been very like interesting before. Time. As we see the culture shift, yeah. and the normative no longer be hetero, the normative no longer be marriage, no longer having a father in the family, no longer be keep your baby, yep. no longer be be sober. Yeah. We can't just adjust. The world uh, the world cannot change our Christianity. Mm. We can't be tra- we can't be conformed to the patterns of the world but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's good. That's good. Okay. Let's talk about this. You brought this up. We were DMing about this and I found I found your take on this interesting. Okay, here we go. Aliens. 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 Now. We're not talking the illegal kind. We're not talking. <laughs> you know, funny, funny thing. You want to, you want to hear something funny? People don't know this. So I, I'm a refugee. Uh, yeah. I came here on a, uh, on a green card, right? Mm-hmm. Legal. But there was a time where my green card lapsed <laughs> Yeah. before I got my you citizenship. You couldn't leave the country. That's one thing for and sure. And I was technically. Uh-huh. And illegal, which, have, by the way, I'm like not that. a fan of that that, yeah. that phrase. But there was no. a window of time, yeah. well, about a year or two, and then I finally got my. I went to go get my citizenship, and then when I went to get my citizenship, funny enough, I bombed the test. Ooh. Bombed. They're oh, like, no. they're like, who is the 17th president? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know who the 17th. John Adams. <laughs> they're like, no. What's the 23rd Amendment? Uh, uh, I don't know that either. I don't know. <laughs> I know the 23rd Psalm. Does bro, that help? The guy looked at me and was like. You're an American, bro. I'm just gonna pass you. <laughs> Legit, bro. No way. Yeah. And then I went and and ended up doing like went and got my my citizenship. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was did like, that with my wife. I was like in my 20s when yeah. this happened. Yeah, yeah. I just bombed it. But they just like you're an American, bro. We could. Well, tell. She, my wife was deported. No. Yeah. We coming back from our our first tour together is married a month long in Europe <gasps> and and she gets deported back to Trinidad. Back to Trinidad. No. And then I'm I went. How long out were you there, guys married at this point? At that point, a month. No. And then I'm, I went out there trying to fix it in a month, and they got denied. <gasps> and so then I had to move to the Caribbean. It was my dream to always live in the Caribbean. So I, I understand. How long did you whole, live in the Caribbean? About a year. You lived yeah. in a, a uh-huh. year yeah. until you can get, until, but because they thought it was like it was like a fake wedding. Yeah, they just, like you guys married together. Well, we papers. Thought, we thought when you come in now that you're legally married. Yeah. We thought all you have to do is just show your marriage certificate. Yeah. And once they saw that, they said, "Oh no." She's got a visitor's visa. She can't come in on that. <gasps> to prison or get her out of here. I'm no, like, oh, that's no. crazy. Yeah, it, was, it was it was bad. How'd you guys have, how'd you guys resolve that? After very very expensive lawyer fees and about a year in Trinidad, I planted a church out there and and it was awesome. We got a chance to live there and and then to decide where we wanted to live and we got it all sorted out. 
What a trip, man. Yeah. That's great. You've, you've, you're you like the world's most interesting man. Uh, yeah, I think this you man. are. <laughs> we can tie for that one. So, um, Aliens. So, yeah, so I remember reading a book. Did you ever meet the Future Shock guys back in the day? No. Okay, so Future Shock, uh, Tunnel Rats, Future Shock. Yeah, I know the okay. Tunnel Rats. So Tunnel Rats, uh, one of the, some of the guys from the Tunnel Rats were a group called Future Shock out here in Oceanside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I read, or he used to go by Red Bones, Ajax. Um, who's oddly enough like a big showrunner on shows like Duck Dynasty and no stuff way. now. Yeah, and then my buddy Caps and Sojourn. Okay. So Caps and Sojourn are still North County, Ajax, and uh, Red. They're brothers. They moved away. Long story short, I rem- so when I came to faith, God did something really interesting. I was at a mega church, uh-huh. and then right after I made my public declaration of faith, about two, it was a two year process for me wrestling through, is Jesus God, mm-hmm. you know, or is he just a son of God? Like I, I was dating a Jehovah's mm. Witness girl, oh. got saved, <laughs> finally surrendered my life to Jesus after two years of fighting with God. Mm-hmm. And I went to a miles ahead crusade in 2002. Yeah, miles. yeah, miles McPherson. Cross movement performed. Oh yeah. Those guys were the bomb. I want to say POD performed, but I don't okay. remember. And then the very next week, I end up meeting Future Shock. Hmm. And so I had this like mega church, mainline type of experience. Mm-hmm. But then I also had these guys that were artists, creatives, intellectuals, thinkers, yeah. the whole bit. And long story short, the conversations of aliens would come up all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I remember Red giving me a book about the Nephilim okay, and, yeah. and, and about, uh, you know, these fallen angels coming yeah. down mm-hmm. and breeding with the humans yeah. and then Which that's is... where goliath came from that line and all this crazy mm-hmm. stuff yeah. there's a lot of belief in that and so i i remember thinking like cool man like if there's aliens what uh, that doesn't that means nothing to me about jesus yeah right because they could be these demonic forces that you know came yeah. down all that kind of stuff. I, it was never like a Oh my gosh! Just they're gonna try to use disproof Christianity, but now they're starting to finally come out, and the government is admitting, or yeah. or or ex, I think it's ex CIA officer came out, and a couple of them they're doing public interviews, which is crazy because yeah. whistleblowers usually would yeah. just be quiet yeah. and yeah. like disappear. Uh-huh. These guys are doing public interviews, public, saying very, very that public. they have aircrafts and they have these bodies over a dozen, they over say. a dozen, yeah. which is crazy. But I think those of us that have kept up with it, you know, probably it's not outside the realms to acknowledge that there's probably something else out there. And now they're saying that there's these these aliens, and you have a different take on it though. What what, is, what do you think about all well, this stuff? Well, oh, there's it's it's a challenging. What I'm fascinated with is that it's finally coming out, mm-hmm. and now the question is, what is it? Mm-hmm. Is it just a great delusion? And the Bible says that there will be a great delusion in the end. Mm-hmm. And so, is it that? Is it truly aliens? Mm-hmm. And if it's truly aliens, I think the thing that Christians have been scared of is, well, that means that we're not the center of the universe. Well, God is the center of the Come universe. On. We are not. Yeah. And God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And and so that means everything in every single galaxy yep. he created yep. would be his creative being. So, so I don't think that the existence of said extraterrestrials, if there are any, mm-hmm. like means that we're not the center or because we shouldn't be. Right. And I don't think that it all, that it also means that, that Jesus didn't die for those people as well or those whatevers as well. Oh, so there's, oh that's interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, his redemptive plan for us could have been, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I know that he's a savior of them as well. If there were, if there is anybody else, Interesting. but then there's the other side. And mm-hmm. the other side is that they're, 
demons mm -hmm. there. I mean, how a demon isn't, it, it can't be any everywhere at once, right? They're mm -hmm. not omnipresent. It mm -hmm. can only be in one place. So how does they get from one place to the next? Mm -hmm. Do they have any sort of technology? I mean, are we the, are we the only ones who can create things mm -hmm. or can angels? Mm. And so it makes me question, like, I mean, if Satan, we think that he's got horns and a red tail or whatever, mm. but if he can appear as an angel of light, could they not appear as five moving lights mm. that people are catching in the sky? Or mm. the, the latest one from Vegas, this falling yeah, light. Yeah, yeah, and then somebody sees some eight foot two, figure eight or, or nine foot yeah. figures in yeah. somebody's backyard with big eyes. Well, if he can be an angel of light, he could be an eight foot figure. Mm -hmm. Why would he want to have people think, why, why is it that for the last 50 some odd years, we've been fascinated with aliens from Independence Day mm -hmm. and all these other movies and stuff? Why? Mm. What are we being prepared for is mm. the question that I have. Mm. And I believe it's the rapture. Mm. I believe it's, think back to X-Files. Mm -hmm. You remember Mulder? Was it his sister that got abducted by aliens? Mm -hmm. The close encounters kind of a thing. You know, somebody gets beamed up and mm -hmm. they're gone. Well, when just a few months ago, the Pentagon said that there could be an alien mothership mm -hmm. in orbiting somewhere outside of us. Mm -hmm. What are they preparing us for? Mm -hmm. What happens when this many millions of people disappear? Mm. Do you think that they need to have an excuse for it? Mm. I believe that excuse is going to be, they're going to call it the blip maybe, mm. the vanishing, mm. the whatever, mm -hmm. but I believe they're going to say it was a close encounter. It was alien abduction. And our Thief in the Night music video addresses this. Mm -hmm. I believe they're just going to justify it. This is why all these crashes have happened. This is why all these planes are down. Mm. This is why these people are taken. And it's obviously not the rapture because mm -hmm. a lot of Christians are left behind. Mm. Christians, quote, unquote. Exactly, mm. because many will say, Lord, Lord, mm. but I'll say, depart from me. Mm. You, you didn't know me. Mm. You know? And so I believe, I believe the church... Many churches will have a lot of people in them. Mm -hmm. And those people will say, well, clearly this wasn't that. Mm -hmm. Maybe some will finally then repent. Mm -hmm. But I believe the world is going to see just enough supposed Christians mm -hmm. to, to think maybe this is not that. This is some sort of blip. And then I believe that they're going to be united in this the way we were united after 9-11. Mm -hmm. And remember, all, of this, all the religions came together mm -hmm. in one church, and there were all these pastors and whatever's were preaching and praying and stuff. And it was like, what? This is an abomination of desolation. Mm. I believe there's going to be a great uniting over those who are gone. Mm. And that is going to set us up for the, the tribulation period. Interesting. So, But you're also open to the fact that they might just be demons that have uh, well, no, no. fell in and came down. I, I believe. Or there I, might even be other species that Jesus could have died for as well. Per, it, it could be one of those two. Yeah. I lean towards the demon mm -hmm. side of it. Mm -hmm. Because I, I lean towards Satan creating this narrative that there is this other thing that that means that God isn't the God of just here, mm -hmm. but and and if they're better or smarter, maybe we should worship them or focus on mm. them. And in Roswell, you see them doing that. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I believe that this is going to be a part used at least in a part of a great delusion, whether they truly are extraterrestrial or not. Mm -hmm. I believe they are going to be using this as an excuse as to why it's some sort of mass alien abduction, some sort of blip, some sort of Thanos snapping. Think about it. So Thanos they, was extraterrestrial. <laughs> you think they know that a rapture is coming? Well, they read the same word that we do. Okay, so they're you going, think so they say they, Satan they, is looking through Thessalonians. So they're reading the Bible. Of course. And they're seeing that something's changing coming. Changing the narrative to point people away from Jesus.
Interesting. So they're reading the Bible, they're thinking the Bible is true, and in preparation of what they think the Bible is going to be true about, they're having... Uh, they're, they're reshaping a, a new narrative. Interesting. In the same way that Why don't some, they just believe the Bible and believe in Jesus? That well, sounds like a lot of because, work. Because, because the people who are doing that <laughs> uh-huh. are fallen angels, okay. and they can't turn around and believe in Jesus anymore. So The people I believe, that are... I believe, not people, but but the enemy. The enemy is essentially... Okay. Satan Satan knows the Scripture. He uh-huh. twists it. Got it got he got quoted it. the Scripture to Jesus when he was being tempted got in the it. desert like crazy. And so this enemy is influencing... This enemy is influencing others. In to, government. It, it could be. It could be okay. that it could be that he's he's creating these ships himself. I'm seeing. I'm pushing to see how far no, you're no. going to go down to conspiracy. Uh, are I, we going to get into lizard people in the ferment? I have no idea what those <laughs> are, but, but, but I do know this. I do know that those things are either extraterrestrial, or like legit, yeah. or they're created by demons and yeah. and Satan, and they're created for that narrative. But either way, I believe that narrative is yeah. going to be what we're going to hear when. When we disappear, yeah. What what is going to be used as the narrative for that? Yeah. And as to the as to the validity of these things, I don't know. Yeah. Do I think that they're? I, you know, I've watched enough movies to, to think maybe yeah. so, maybe not. Yeah. But I also see the in it, it, talk about conspiracy theories. If you look at what the world is doing, people are also looking at the Book of Revelation, saying, "Okay, well, if this is going to happen, I want to get a piece of that mark. Mm. I want to be the one who who controls that." Mm. And I I wonder if AI plays into the mark mm. because how in the world can it know whether you can buy or sell? Mm. You know, uh, recently an AR was AI was interviewed at what do you know about me? And the mm. person and the AI said I know everything about every human on the planet. Mm. Like what? Mm. And obviously they don't, but mm-hmm. they would know if there was some sort of mandate in order to buy or sell. Yesterday I was at a restaurant and and it said no cash. Mm. You know, it's like okay, so we're moving away from a cashless society. Mm-hmm. We're, I mean, we're moving towards a cashless, cashless society, society yeah. and we're moving towards this digital currency. And now they're talking about what some sort of chip in your brain, mm-hmm. you know, the Neuralink. And if you tap that into AI, then all of a sudden you could find yourself in a place where, if you accepted some sort of whatever the mm-hmm. mark, whatever you call it it could change your brain in a way where mm-hmm. you could never accept the reality of Jesus being Lord. Whoa. Because think about it. Somebody who gets the mark cannot mm-hmm. repent of that, mm. the Bible says. Mm. So how can you do that unless you were some sort of half yeah. <laughs> cyborg yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how can, how can somebody not repent from that? Yeah. You know, yeah. it, if unless they change your firmware yeah. to where you cannot accept that belief anymore. Huh. So it could be... I don't know. All I know is that the technology now is yeah. here that we haven't had in the past. Yeah. And I don't believe that in the 70s, uh, a barcode could have done it. Mm, I see what you're saying. Or the things. Yeah. That, so right now, yeah. we're, we're at a time where it's fascinating. Yeah. It's moving. I believe it's yeah. the season, if not Interesting. the time. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I just tend to think we might be a ways off because... Yeah. It's the one, I believe one of the verses was that the gospel has to go to the ends of the earth. Okay. Every well, tribe, every nation. Great example. Yeah. Why do you think COVID happened? Do you uh, th- what was one of the things that people don't even talk about with COVID? All the missionaries came home. Oh. Uh-huh. Every missionary at my church, my church had, had hundreds. Uh-huh. Every missionary came home. Really? They left the field. Hmm. 
and a lot of it was because they couldn't stay for X, X amount of time on their visa or different things, and, mm. the, and they couldn't do the work, and so they were stuck. And so it halted international travel. Mm. It halted missions. Why? Mm. Why would – I mean, we, we have done – at that time, we were doing 20 to 30 nations a year. Mm -hmm. And then for two and a half years, we couldn't do one nation outside of America. Mm. So for us, we did all 50 states instead. Mm -hmm. We got mm -hmm. creative. But why? Why did all missions get shut down? Mm. Because of some random lab leak? Maybe I could be a conspiracy theorist here, mm -hmm. but maybe the enemy saw, hot darn, we're so close. This one little region mm. <laughs> gets mm. infiltrated and boom, it's over for me. Mm -hmm. I need to buy some more time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's shut it down. Yeah. What about the temple being rebuilt, though? Doesn't that well, have to Okay. Happen? The temple does have to be rebuilt, but it has to be rebuilt. Not at the beginning of the tribulation. Uh -huh. So we have a few years. Uh -huh. a, a temple can be rebuilt in, what, a year, two years mm -hmm. max? So we don't need it for a little while. Mm -hmm. That being said, they did just secure property in Israel on an equal place with where the Temple Mount is, mm -hmm. right across the way mm. on the Mount of Olives. Mm. And they now have the red heifers, and that they say they say that this coming spring... They're going to sacrifice the red heifer. That, that could be the earliest that they do it, and initiate the priests, hmm. and then the priests could start the sacrifices. So, so the temple is not because I always thought the temple had to be on the Temple Mount, which is a ways away. They're arguing that they, that it doesn't have to be. Interesting. That being said, Israel was one. What was it? A six day war. Yeah. And the amount of territory they got, like that. Yeah. The way things move there. Yeah. I was just there. Did you get on, go onto the Temple Mount? I did. We we were. With uh, an Israeli tour guide, and I don't think he could go in. Yeah, they, and, I, and Chris, you could uh, only go in certain times. Right. If he goes in, he would have to have armed security with him, right? Because they're prepared for this. Yeah. But there's enough space on that Temple Mount, yeah, where there is no mosque, yeah, to easily build a temple. Temple is not that big, so they could build it there. Uh -huh. It could be this drastic boom takeover yeah. that happens. Yeah. It could be something parallel to it right across the way on the hill. Yeah. It doesn't have to be exactly there yeah. in their mindset. It doesn't say that it has to be on the spot where, yeah. you know, the sacrifice supposedly happened between Abraham and, and uh, you know, the ram at the time. Yep. It, it, it doesn't have to be the rock. Mm. So I believe that it's going to happen. And the old temple for a long time mm -hmm. was just tarps and stuff. Sure. Sure. So they, they may start that way. Who knows? I do know that the Temple Institute is moving fast and furious huh. to reinstitute, to reinstate sacrifices. And when that happens, you watch. Yeah. It, but that doesn't even have to happen before we're gone. I, I believe the next thing on the, the, uh, the calendar right now is the rapture and or this mysterious every nation knows and huh. maybe that one island that that guy was trying to get to in the south pacific yeah, is the yeah. one last one you never know yeah but uh who knows interesting okay huh yeah i i tend to be weary of like modern theology yeah. you know and mm -hmm. some of the rapture stuff is a bit modern like if yeah. you look at like historical what did people believe a thousand years ago about they, the well they believed that it was going to happen then they believed yeah. it was everybody's always well. believing it's going to happen in yeah. their era and but there's I, an argument it's we've never been closer well that's just that's just how time works yeah that's how time works <laughs> <laughs> we're always moving further but along there are growing pains yeah. and there are certain things yeah so wars rumors of wars sure. you know i mean all the stuff that, that they're talking about the pestilences the plagues yeah. um you know the earthquakes the famines 
Uh, it's and you can argue that's happened over yep. the years as well. Yeah. The technology though for a said mark. Yeah. The I mean in in Austria you couldn't get gasoline mm-hmm. or get something from a convenience store without a passport mm. saying that you got a a shot. Yeah. Um. A, in Australia, we saw that in in abundance. You couldn't even travel a certain amount of miles from your house. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to see this norm normalization mm-hmm. of of a, a kind of a tyranny mm. as to what you can do and what you can't do without certain things. Mm. So th- let's just say the puzzle pieces, at least the, the, the edges have been filled in right now. Yeah. And um, how far we are. Some have argued that the technology is moving so fast mm-hmm. that it has to happen now because 10 years from now, the t- technology will just be so much ridiculously beyond what is described in the Bible. Mm. I don't know. I yeah. don't know about that. I'm not. Yeah. A, I'm not. It's going to happen now. Yeah. Others are saying it's going to happen at the trumpet of the feasts, mm-hmm. because Jesus. Every major thing that Jesus ever did, mm-hmm. from his birth to his death to his resurrection, whatever, the, the Pentecost, all happened on feasts. Mm. And there's a few feasts that haven't been touched, mm-hmm. and one is the trumpet, the feast of trumpets. And then I argue, but Jesus said, "No one knows the day or the hour." Mm-hmm. And he said, "Somebody said, well, it's a two-day feast." Mm. <laughs> So hmm. it may not be the exact day or the exact hmm. hour. You don't yeah. know, but yeah. others liken it to when the bridegroom is waiting for her bride to come. Uh-huh. She kind of knows the time roughly. Sure. About a year. Sure. And she's got to be wet, ready and waiting. And when he comes, he comes outside the gate. She's got to come and then he lifts her up yeah. and carries her away. And there's yeah. just these parallels. Yeah. I think it's every generation expecting it to mm-hmm. come, you know, and this is, this is where I, I go to two, my, my brain goes to two places. Yeah. One, I think of the book of Thessalonians, for Thessalonians 1, Thessalonians 2. Yeah. This is a church that is in Thessalonica, which was like the crown jewel of the Roman Empire's control of Macedonia mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Port city, super metropolitan. And so these folks are starting to experience some degree of tension and persecution. And Paul is writing them and is telling them like, yes, Jesus is going to come back. Mm-hmm. This is real. Your brothers and sisters that have died or have been martyred, they're going to be in the resurrected state. But then he also says something really interesting to them. He says, uh, you need to work. Yeah. You need to work. This Absolutely. isn't an excuse to check out yeah. and to kind of become a space cadet exactly. and or become dependent on exactly. on, on more wealthier Christians. Mm-hmm. And so that's chapter four. We talks about you know make it your ambition to lead a quiet life working with your own hands yeah. right yeah um, so you won't be dependent on anybody and then in the second book he has to remind them again and yeah. he tells them hey we've told you like anyone that's not willing to eat for their food like don't yeah. even associate with somebody yeah. anyone that's idle they're being a bit they're not busy they're being a busy body so that's the whole second book of Thessalonians yeah as he's again having to tell them hey yes Jesus coming back but you gotta stop with being lazy and being checked out you know what I mean and I think yeah. my, my my concern is when Christians get really wrapped up into the eschatology side mm-hmm. is then they check out yeah, and, they, and they take their foot off the gas in terms of the things we know we should be doing on this side of eternity. Why would you check out? I well, mean, because, they, because you're afraid, because you think Jesus is going to come back, because you think they are going to control you and they are going to do everything to, 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 to make it impossible for you to serve God. And so you live this life in yeah. a state of paranoia yeah. and, and like the lizard people and the ferment, <laughs> right? Because you go one step further in, in terms of the, uh-huh. and, and it can get really wonky in terms of 
George Soros and this and that. You know, it can get really weird. <laughs> he does weird. look like a lizard, though. He, he does kind of look like a lizard. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, you know, and, and and again, there's truth in some of this stuff, right? The yeah. the, uh, the World Economic Forum, right? Dude, you will own nothing that, yeah. and love it. Like, and there's some bizarre it, yeah. stuff there that is like, whoa, this is kind of creepy. I think my concern is, like, when we get too wrapped up into this stuff, then we take our foot off the gas. And I'll give you another I, scriptural example, okay. too. I put my foot on the gas because of it. Come on. <laughs> Tell me why. Well, be, okay, two things I do. First of all... I save for the future. Come on. Here. But then I also save for the future there. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that matters. And what is that? Um, well, the only thing that you can bring with you is people. That's and good. Jesus, his last his last statement, his last preaching, his last message, I think would be the most important one. And that was go and make disciples of all nations. Yeah. And so for me, it's really, really clear what we're supposed to do. It's so seriously, dude, I'm like looking at the next six months, like if Jesus comes back in October, mm -hmm. am I reaching as many people as I can? Mm. If Jesus comes back 10 years from now, am I reaching as many, as many people as I can? I don't think we should be lazy. And I think that there's a laziness when we think he's not coming back. That, that mm. would be like, for instance, if, if the, if the president that you love, I won't say who it is, but if the president that you love or voted for was coming to your house, would you and you knew it was going to happen in a day? Would you change the way it looks? Yeah, yeah, of course you would. That's and good. So we we would act. We would clean up. We would yeah. get things ready. We would do it right. That's what a bridegroom, a bride is supposed to do. Yeah. In waiting for the bridegroom. Yeah, that's good. Let me give you a parallel passage Go to see it. what you think I love about that. it. So in in uh, Daniel, which is a lot of apocalyptic oh, literature, yeah. it's like the first um, revelation. Ezekiel and Jeremiah are all contemporaries. They're all written around the same mm -hmm. time. Yeah. They're all written. Uh, while the children of uh, Israel are in exile and being held captive with Babylon, yeah. right? And so there's an interesting chapter in Jeremiah chapter 29. Everyone loves the part where it's like, yeah. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper. Right? Yeah. They don't read the verses before. No, it. they don't. <laughs> and so this is chapter 29, same chapter, mm -hmm. verse 4. It says, this with the Lord, um, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. So if we can if we could draw a parallel and say, hey, we are in enemy territory, right? Yep. We we are in modern day Babylon. Yep. Some 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 could argue, right? But check out the instruction that they get. And this is fascinating to me. It I says it. it says, build homes and plan to stay. Yep. Plant gardens and eat the food right. they produce. Yep. Marry and have children. A lot of them. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren multiply do not dwindle away and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where i sent you into exile yep so god sends them into this into, yeah. into babylon it's, it's they didn't go there because they wanted to and it says pray to the lord for it for its welfare will determine your welfare so when i look at this passage i feel like this is a word for a lot of us today right exactly build homes and plan to stay yeah are we are we taking back land are we taking back actual land right yeah. Um, plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Being self-sustaining, being in a place where you're not depending on others, which is what First uh, First Thessalonians four says. Married and have grandchildren. Think multi generationally. Yeah. Multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Don't dwindle away. Mm -hmm. um, and then this is the, I think this is the biggest one. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile, which is such a paradoxical view. God's sending you into exile exactly. somewhere you don't want to be in enemy territory, and then He's put telling you put down roots. Yeah, put down roots. And pray for the peace and prosperity of where I sent you because yeah. its welfare will determine. He's your saying welfare. bloom where you're planted. Yeah, and yeah. that's what we got to do. Yeah, we got to do that right now. Yeah, but we have to realize that 
that it's not about this kingdom, it's about that kingdom. But in this in this day and age, thy kingdom done, thy, thy, kingdom, thy, thy come. kingdom come, come on, on earth as it is in heaven. That's good. So what are we going to do in heaven? Yeah. We're still going to work. Yes. Yes. And, and what, the roles we have here, the things we do here, mm-hmm. you know, I'll put you in charge of 10 cities, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. according to the parable. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that this is like an audition. Yeah for what we're going to do there. So why not work harder? I don't think we should be lazy yeah. by any means, That's but good. I think we should all the more prepare if this is the end, which is why we just did two apocalyptic albums, mm-hmm. one called Apocalypsis, The Sounds of the Times, yeah. and the other called The Day of the Lord, because we're trying to prepare people for this and also giving them something that they can listen to after the fact, like yeah. Thief in the Night, after we're gone, yeah. or Maranatha, where they're like, oh, snap, okay, this is what they were singing about. Now this is what I need to do. Yeah. I need to avoid the mark. Yeah. I need to realize that, I mean, the Jews are going to become the future evangelists. Yeah. we got to set an example for them. Yeah. Have you ever sat, I'm going to have a pastor come on this, and I, I'm just curious. I'm, yeah. I'm indifferent on this, but I'm going to have Pastor Joel Webin come on pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever really explored? Because you're into eschatology, so I yeah. could, this is a fun conversation. But have you really explored the post millennial position on the, some of this stuff? Because their view is totally different. Like they're like revival, the church is going to you know win back the world. God's going to use the church to to Christianize you know every every the whole world, and then the thousand year of reign of Jesus will be first, and then he'll physically return. Have you ever sat with any of that stuff? No, I haven't. Okay. I'm going to have him on, because... because I'm, I'm going to watch that one. That's the view I want to be true. Like, I... Yeah, yeah. You know, and I've watched uh, Dr. Michael Brown debate post-millennial, pre-millennial, the preterist yeah. view, meaning, like, the preterist view is a lot of revelation has already happened. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually going to have Joel come on, Pastor Joel come on, and just, hey, man, close us on why post-millennialism is true. I, I'm, you know, I'm curious to see that. Super interesting. All the things that I see in scriptures indicate something very, very different. You know, I, and I there are so many things that have, have not happened from what I understand mm-hmm. that that just really don't make that as as something that is practical. But, you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm always open to be a Berean and to receive something eagerly, but then to check the scriptures and make sure. Yeah. You know, guys that, that I like... On this, on the stance that I have, Greg Laurie, Jack yeah. Hibbs. Yep, 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 yep. You yep. Know. All, all, all guys, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. big fans of Greg Laurie, Jack yeah. Hibbs, uh, Dr. Michael Brown holds the I same was, position. I was talking to uh, Ken Graves, pastor, awesome guy in uh, was it Maine, mm-hmm. and and I, I was telling him on the 50 state tour, we're here to to bring revival to the to the nation and to see you know all this change and all this stuff, and he's like, I hear you, and. I hope that that happens, but if you're reading the same book I am, it's going to get much worse. It's not going to get better. Well, well, speaking of it getting worse, you guys were in Israel and you started facing some pretty serious. Uh, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say there. that's worse. I would just say that's consistent with what Jesus got. Sure. sure. Yeah, it, it, that was the fascinating thing. We've been to all these different nations. This was our 88th. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to go to this Holy land, this fantasy place. You know, yeah. you imagine like a better version of the, 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 the Holy land that they have some sort of amusement park in Florida mm-hmm. where everything's just rainbows and Jesus and not the rainbows that I'm, you know, <laughs> different rainbows, <laughs> promise rainbows. Yeah. And, and you hear all these people from your church coming. They're all senior citizens. They yeah. all got on the bus. Yeah. They all had their matching hats and yeah. they were all loving it. And it was awesome. And we saw that side of it. We did the 10 days of touring, and I loved doing that. And it was fascinating for me to not just learn from our guide, but to also be a guide for the first time. 
um, that gave me a passion for the scripture. It awakens supernatural faith, mm -hmm. but it also helped me understand when we decided to do two concerts there, mm -hmm. just a little bit what Jesus was facing. Mm. And so what happened was, as you know, we're missionaries. We call ourselves musicianaries. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was working with people there, and those people got us this community center mm -hmm. in Galilee. They call it Tiberius now. And uh, we were excited. We wanted it to be a neutral territory mm -hmm. for people to come, and they love reggae there, to hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. And we d did what we do in every other nation. But mm -hmm. this time, an organization called the Yad Lahim got wind of it. Mm -hmm. They went to our website. They translated everything into Hebrew, and it says we're missionaries. Mm -hmm. It's illegal to be a missionary there. Mm -hmm. We weren't going there as missionaries, but it's illegal to be a missionary there. It's, it's the worst curse word. Mm. So when we first got there, we sat down with these awesome people, this ministry there, and they said, okay, well, let me tell you some things. Three worst words you can say here. Mm. One is missionary. Mm -hmm. It's forbidden. Number two is the cross. Mm. And number three is conversion. Mm. I'm like, you just gave me my three-point sermon. <laughs> <laughs> and so so I was like really excited. I'm like, this is great. Oh, don't worry about it. We've been to Nepal where mm. we were told we couldn't preach. We've been to you know all these places where it's like 1% Christian. We're used mm. to that. Mm -hmm. And it's about that in, in Israel, 1% Christian. But um, we, didn't, we didn't expect this. So then I get a call from somebody saying, yeah, your promoter can't call you because his phone's being bugged. Mm. What? And uh, he's had death threats, threats on his family, threats on all these different things. Mm. But, um, yeah, they're going to have to cancel your show. I'm mm. like, what? And then they moved it over to this other church that was like in a hidden place. It was an unmarked building. There was it, there was no announcement. Nobody could find the first mm. building. Be, uh, you know, they went to the first building and nobody was there. There was no way. It was just, it was sabotaged. Mm. We were canceled. Mm. And we had never had a show canceled in this way before and it was it was frustrating mm. so then i wrote a song about a prophet who doesn't honor his own country mm -hmm. he came unto his own they received him not and um and of course i did preach and and <laughs> i said i said from stage at that time i was wearing a shirt with a cross i said they, they told me i can't preach about the cross but i'm i'm wearing a shirt i feel like i have a target on my chest mm -hmm. but let me tell you what this means to me you know mm -hmm. and i and i gave the story of you know, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. Mm. You know this, uh, how it, the cross yeah. represents that, and and what it did for me, what Jesus did for me. I just shared my testimony, and you can't argue with that. And then I said, I said conversion. You want? I can't say the word conversion. Mm. You, You're poking. Don't like it. You're oh, poking. I'm poking. I'm poking the bear, dude. <laughs> and I, I said, I said, I can't convert you. Yeah. A rabbi can't convert you. Only yeah. God can do that. Come on. The increase comes from the Lord. Yeah. I said, but you want to talk about a conversion? Here's the conversion. This church we're in used to be a porn theater. Mm. Right up there is where the projector was. Mm. And it was projecting filth on here. Mm. People came in here and they paid their money mm. for what Isaiah said does not satisfy. Mm. And they left here more empty. Yeah. And when they tried to turn this into a Christian church, mm -hmm. the rabbis protested hard. Mm. But you want to talk about conversion. This place was a place of filth and people left here empty and now they're leaving here, here whole. Mm. And the last thing I can't say is missionary, mm -hmm. but I was just on Mount Arbel where Jesus gave the Great Commission. Yeah. And the irony is that the very people who are protesting us, who are outside protesting, mm -hmm. you guys actually had protesters outside. Yeah, not not in the first one, but the second one. Wow. Um, the people who were actually protesting 
are the very people, the very missionaries that God's going to use in the book of Revelation. Mm. So we need to set an example for them. Mm. We need to give them love. We need to love, to pray for those who mm -hmm. persecute us, to bless those who curse us, and um, and and not bow. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, you finally did it. You finally said what everybody's scared to say. Mm. So word got out to the second show. Mm. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> 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 because the Yadlahim are calling me and they're threatening us mm -hmm. and we have to cancel. Mm. And I, I, sure enough, I searched the venue. It's the biggest church in, in all of Israel, biggest, biggest Christian. And there had been protesters. And they last time they were there, they broke windows. They had 50 guys with whistles out. Mm -hmm. They were spraying pepper spray mm -hmm. they were kicking and punching people it was hardcore and the guy's like we're gonna have to cancel on mm. the day of the show the band had already set up in soundcheck mm. the guy's like we have to cancel mm. i said I, I just can't see us bowing in this way mm. i just don't see that as being biblical you know i have so many stories i have a whole album no compromise yeah yeah and um i just prayed and prayed and asked him to reconsider he said okay we have to hire armed security wow Ar guys with guns yeah we, and then he couldn't find any. And so I got everybody in Israel that I knew yeah. calling, and we found this security firm and these guys with guns. Yeah. And because of that, I, evidently the protesters were deterred. But, dude, even even two weeks ago, they had this thing on the steps outside of the city. And, yeah, somebody was – a lady was being punched, kicked, and, and just assaulted, pepper spray. Same thing again. Yeah. And they're using these intimidation tactics because they're scared. How many – Christians, have you seen converted to Judaism? Not many. No. Yeah. But how many Jews convert to Christianity? A lot. And when that happens, it's a death in the family. Mm. It's the worst thing ever. We got to love them. We got to bless them. We got to pray for them. But we can't stop preaching the truth, yeah. even with their intimidation tactics. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah. Israel's an interesting place. It is. <laughs> it is and an if you place. go there to preach, just yeah. expect persecution and do not announce it. Um, but I, I would say it's a fantastic place to go there to learn. But that being said, if we're called to evangelize and to preach the gospel, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and the uttermost yeah. parts, yeah. we should be able to preach there in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is is synchronized disunity. It's mm -hmm. crazy. All you got the Armenian quarter, mm -hmm. you yeah. got the yeah. the Christian quarter, and then. And, and the Christian quarter is primarily Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so it's so weird being in this area where all these people are worshiping, mm -hmm. but so few are worshiping in spirit and truth. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good, man. Well, listen, uh, we're going to continue this conversation. You wanted to ask me some questions. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go over to our Patreon exclusive here in a minute. So if you guys want to continue this conversation with us. Mark's going to ask me some questions. Hey, if you want to see the extended version of this podcast completely unedited, consider partnering with us in our online community for as little as $5 a month. In exchange, you get access to these podcasts as we stream them live before anyone else gets to see them. You get access to the replay of our daily after party streams, access to our private discord server, access to discount codes, and so much more. So help us continue conceptualizing the gospel through media, podcasting, and YouTube, and partner with us for as little as $5 a month. Also, be sure to follow us on the Spotify podcast app, on Facebook, and on Instagram. We're constantly posting content there that I think you'll find extremely valuable. All right? I'll see you over there. Peace.